We have a special guest joining us now in studio from Northfield Retirement uh, Community. We have uh, the President, CEO, President, CEO, uh, uh, Tom Nielsen joining us. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. I've been trying to get on your radio slot here for ever since you were doing uh, some interviews with people in the public, and I had to turn down some some interviews with Wayne Eddy, but I'm here now today. <laughs> you're here now today, and I'm glad you're here. You know, we have uh, elder care has been a, a topic that we've heard about for a number of years, especially during COVID. Uh, and it's been a I guess it probably would it be fair to say it's been a difficult few years for people who are into uh, whose business is senior housing and senior health care. Are we getting through COVID now from the standpoint of you and the Northfield retirement community? Can you fill us in a little bit on that? Yeah. Um, you know, I had our annual meeting recently and we talked a little bit about the history, but I think a lot of people are just tired of hearing about COVID and wanting it to get over. And I don't think we're ever going to be really over of COVID. Uh, and we're still going to deal with that just like the flu or influenza or chicken pox or other things. But it really hit us about three years ago um, in March of 2020. I still remember going around to our campus and putting up signs that had to shut out the community. And we were very community focused. Focus. We had a lot of people, volunteers, church groups, music groups, people coming to our campus to provide great quality of life. And uh, through the pandemic, we had to kind of shut that down to protect our seniors. And uh, that went on for about two and a half years of basically declining our business. And as employees retired, uh, couldn't find daycare, uh, couldn't leave the campus, uh, high school workers that were in school uh, and homeschooled couldn't you know, come into our campus. Uh, it really put a, a pinch on our employees. We dropped down about 80 employees over two and a half years. Ooh. And uh, so now we're in the, uh, starting in October, we started having great conversations about rebuilding our campus. And a lot of that resulted from vaccinations coming out and restrictions being lifted and it not being as, as burdensome, I think, on our seniors. Are you... Are you feeling that now? Is are like are we through with that COVID thing now? Are we getting to the end of that tunnel? Yeah, I, I think so. It's it's nice to see the light at the end of the tunnel. At least mm-hmm. I know for us, we had to reduce transportation services and chapel services and group bingo and you know all those things that uh, put seniors together in group settings. And we had to kind of isolate people. And it's been really nice over the last probably six months that our transportation's back in place and we can do medical transportation and 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 actually transport more than one person at a time and have to disinfect the bus in between and all those things. Um, But we still have to watch out with masking and some other things to protect our seniors. But our chapel services are up and running and our transportation and other things are back in place. For about two and a half years, as you've mentioned before, staffing was a huge challenge. You you mentioned down 80 employees from uh, your your peak. Is that coming back now? Do you have the employees? You're offering some of the services now, but uh, are they back to numbers that you would like to see? Yeah. I would say not yet. Um, I would listen to an interesting uh, presentation by the Minnesota Demographer's Office, and they were talking about the biggest shortages being in food service and health care. And I think we're the last kind of industry, and those positions are the last ones to come bouncing back. Um, we've hired some employees that are coming in, and as we hire more employees, we can take care of more people. Um, we shrunk the level of people that we we're caring for to match our employees to maintain our good quality of care. Um, it's just unethical to just keep taking people that you can't care for. And uh, so we, we have a very supportive 
supportive board that was was realistic to the fact that we don't want to ruin our reputation. I figured out uh, to get back to kind of pre-COVID levels, I'd need to hire about 50 employees. I'm going to try to get about 25 additional employees between now and the next six months. And then I need to get about 60 more residents, 65 more residents on our campus, and I'll be back to kind of pre-COVID levels. And what, uh, you know, from the employees, are you looking for experience? Do they have to have degrees? What type of employees do you need? Yeah, a lot of the positions we have, in fact, the majority are frontline workers, resident aides, nursing assistants, food service workers, housekeepers, some maintenance, a few clerical people. So it's a lot of the frontline workers that we're looking for. We've been very fortunate at our campus. I just did our annual meeting, like I said, and, and I did a statistic on all of my department managers, and the average length of tenure is 19.3 years. I've got a director of nursing that's been there 28 years. I've been there 21 years. Uh, my activities people have been there over 20 years. So we've got a lot of tenure and longevity in our management team, which helps with our corporate culture and the work environment. But now we need some frontline workers to, to help care for our residents. All of this probably takes its, I, I, I'm throwing this out there, uh, a financial toll uh, on on any, it's not just the NRC, I'm sure it's any facility within the uh, state. Boy, how, how bad has that been on, you know, I, I guess speaking general terms for the, throughout the, uh, uh, throughout the state, are, are we seeing some closures still is uh, what's going on in the statewide scene? Yeah. And, and it's getting really kind of scary because as we're progressing through the pandemic, early on in the pandemic, we received pandemic pay money. We received money from the cares act to get, to get us through some of those things. And all those things have kind of dried up. And so we're kind of on our own. So uh, recently, and, and I, I don't want to bash your radio station, but I was on NPR uh, radio, uh, and you can go to their website and, and find a good news article about um, our, our history and the care that we're giving and what's happening at the legislature. But um, we're still battling to get back from COVID um, and still trying to look for some funding to help make us do that. So a lot of facilities are tapping into their reserves, into their foundations, into what they've had and saved over the past. But there's a lot of small towns that just don't have those resources. There are a lot of small nursing homes. I know Kenyon is closed. Pine Island's been in receivership. Um, there's just a lot of small things. I ran into somebody's read the paper last weekend that said there were two more uh, closures of nursing homes. And it's just because we're still looking for employees to be able to, or the funding to get to hire employees to take care of our seniors. Uh, once again, Tom Nielsen is with us, the uh, president and CEO of uh, Northfield Retirement Community. Uh, l- let's talk about the government's role in this uh, reimbursement rates. Wh- and uh, what I guess what where are you at? What, are we talking state level government? Are we talking federal government? Are we talking both? I know you've been lobbying the state lately. Yeah, I think the majority of it lands in the state. Uh, nursing homes in general and skilled nursing facilities, as they're called, um, our rates are set by the state of Minnesota. And that reimbursement happens when I spend a dollar today, it takes me 21 months to put it in my cost report to get reimbursed for that at a later point in time. And so that delay is really hurting us right now because as inflation goes up and property taxes and, you know, grocery bills and all those things are happening and our revenue is down because we don't have enough residents on our campus, it's really putting a financial crunch just immediately now and then going into the future. So I think that's 
what we're doing is I was at the governor's office uh, earlier this week meeting with representatives, and there were 32 uh, leaders that run retirement campuses and nursing homes across the state of Minnesota, and we're able to speak to to the governor's budget a little bit to say, don't forget about us. Uh, there's a lot of things, and there's 17 to $18 billion of surplus. Uh, we're in line just like everybody else, uh, and, and I think now is the critical time because the governor and the, the different uh, parties are talking about budget budget programs you know the first kind of third of the legislative session is let's pass some stuff to show that we're busy and doing work and then the middle (laughs) section is a lot of social justice kinds of things and now the last part is they're talking about taxes and rebates to uh, to minnesotans and and what they're going to do for their budgets you were there with a number of your colleagues uh is everybody singing the same song here uh are the are the the problems the issues that you're having are common throughout the industry Yeah, and I think the biggest thing that we're seeing right now is we're turning down multiple admissions a week uh, of people needing to get into the nursing home. And I think that's where the biggest uh, impetus is right now. And there are large facilities in the Twin Cities metro area and around that are trying to take care of their local people, trying to keep them local. And when we can't take people in the nursing homes, they get backed up in the hospital. And I've heard story after story of people being in the hospital two weeks, three weeks, four weeks because they can't find placement in a nursing home. We've got 22 beds at our facility, and we're only able to fill 15 right now due to staffing and could take a few more. I know uh, we're coordinating things with Three Links in the hospital as well, and the hospital's not at full capacity in their nursing home, and Three Links isn't, and that's happening all over the state. And so when we can't take people out of the hospital, they get backed up in the hospital, and then people get backed up in the emergency rooms, and selective surgeries get a long time to take care of, and, and then they start struggling financially. You know, listening to uh, throughout the uh, legislative session to uh, uh, different media reports, mainly it, elder care doesn't seem to be getting a whole lot of headlines. There are a lot of issues out there. You know, we're uh, spending a lot of time, at least as far as the media goes, talking about, you know, some of the like the bills that he signed yesterday, uh, uh, which really don't. I mean, by and large, uh, does not include elder care. Yeah. Um, do you get that feeling? Are you, are you guys yeah. getting thrown to the back burner there? Yeah, or? and and it. I don't want to split hairs too much here, but um, there are some legislative efforts and some budgeting in what they call home and community community based services. So things like assisted living and home cares and services to keep people in their homes longer, which we're fully supportive. And on our campus of 300 plus beds, you know, a large portion of our beds are made up of assisted living and independent living for seniors. But uh, there's basically nothing in in legislature or in the budget for long-term care or skilled nursing facilities. And that's an important part of the continuum as people either fall or have a hip replacement or need that 24-hour nursing care or to get out of a hospital. That's the section that's not getting any attention. Mm. And so it's nice that they're looking at the future. And I think a lot of people in Minnesota have realized hey, I can stay home longer. I can get home-delivered meals. My medications can come. They can drop off Amazon boxes all the time, uh, doing all those things. But mm-hmm. when you need that 24-hour nursing care, uh, that's where we're really struggling to find some support. All right. Yeah, it, uh, I, you know, I, I imagine you have been in uh, uh, the industry for more than a quarter of a century, well over that. It's got to hurt to have to turn people down who need uh, the facilities. That's got to be... Uh, 
I just pull at you. Yeah, my I office right next to my director of nursing, and every once in a while she'll come in and say, Tom, I've got four people that need to come to our nursing home, and let's talk about those. And we have to pick the person that's in the most need. And it's like that story about throwing starfish back into the ocean. You can't save them all, and you have to kind of pick and choose which one doesn't have a place to go, which one's in more need, what's more critical, and then you got to turn the others down, and they're having to go long distances to find either a place to go or they'll stay in the nurse or in the hospital for long periods of time and so we'll talk about that and it pulls at her heartstrings and mine as well and I point to the post-it note on my wall it's got the four twos I said we've been two Minnesota nice trying to do too much with too little for too long and I said it's been three years of pandemic and COVID and everything at some point we just have to say we, we can't do it anymore we can only take so many people and it's just hard to do and and it's people in our own community that are looking for a place to be in the community and uh, it's just tough to have to turn those people away all right. Tom, what else do we need to know about uh, about what the legislative session is doing, about the politics, and about the dynamics of uh, elder care in this day and age? Yeah, I, I'd say, you know, out of the three things that I, again, I had our annual meeting, and the three things that I kind of talked about there, if you remember nothing about anything that I'm saying, is advocate at the legislature, talk to your representatives, talk to your senators about supporting nursing homes and trying to get something yet in the budget this year. Um, Send people that are looking for employment to us. Uh, it's a gratifying work environment. Um, I hear all the time that we have just great things going on, and it's a three-legged stool between wages, benefits, and work environment. And we've got some great people that are dedicated and like serving seniors and have a great time doing it. Um, and then get people to live there. Uh, we've got some great environments. We've changed some of the things we're doing. We are adding 18 more beds of uh, and converting some things into memory care. That's still a need going forward in the future. Um, we've got a housing unit that we've delicensed some of the beds there made it more independent so you can live there have your cable your internet everything's kind of it's kind of set up already just bring your furniture in and then family and others can help you set up your meds or help you do your laundry so it's very limited assistance that we need to provide and it's considered more independent so we're trying to create some of those environments that are reaching out to the to the future needs of what's happening and kind of put some of that ownership on family and friends and volunteers to be able to help provide some of the services well we wish you the best Yes. And thank you so much for taking a few minutes and being with us. Much appreciated. Thanks for being uh, understanding with my voice, which I just don't have anything left of. So Not a problem. All right. We will, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Anytime you want to come in and talk, you've got somebody to talk to. Sounds good. Thank All you very right. much for having me today, Jeff. That is uh, Tom Nielsen, once again, from Northfield Retirement Community. Got Tim stopping in, or excuse me, uh, Rich back in with a look at local news headlines coming up. Dr. Michael Ritchie, Ritchie Eye and LASIK, we're swinging into spring. Spring is here and it's time to get outdoors. Hiking, biking, boating, walking, or 